Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous and our Numenera campaign, Rising Helix. This is Episode 3, Dusty Gus and Gardens. Speaking of which, hello again, everyone. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being here with us, listening after we've done this. Being here in spirit, if you can't participate or you choose not to. Uh, we are Coldest Anonymous, as many of you know. We are a group of friends who play games and crack jokes and sometimes make off-color comments because it's so much fun. Well, uh, we fortunately are supported by a number of individuals. Uh, Roll20 supports us, Onyx Path, and so many delightful Patreon supporters. And that is why, beginning of every episode, we like to thank all of you specifically. And so, before we get into everything else, I'm going to read off all of your names. And once again, if you want me to read off something sultry, go ahead and put it in there. I'll do that. All right, without further ado, thank you, paid patrons Adele, Ethan Alice the Mad, Al, Alexander Williams, Alsrit, Bernie, Buck Gregory, Chris Hanforth, Deeper, Doc. Emil, Fuse82, George, James Winfield, Jason Vines, John Fitzgerald, John Hall, Josh Drew, Camo, Cat Feathers, Klaus, Long Live the Queen, Melissa, Michael, Milo V3, Ms. Grumpy, Moku, Mozart D Minor, Other Guy, Perry, Fug, Porter, Puppeteer, Riafio, Ryan, Sean Kelleher, Jexara, Taryn C. Sorry, Taryn Stevens, the Cha Cha Schism, Thomas Vogel, Toast, Trash Griffins are the best, or Trash Griffins are best Griffins, change my mind. Vortex Falcon 00, Why Gender When You Can Serve the Iron Pyramid, and Zoltan Kamini. Thank you, everybody. Really appreciate that. Those of you who have been watching, we are in the throes of a campaign in the Cypher system, in the setting Numenera, the Ninth World, a billion years after eight mighty civilizations have risen and fallen. And we join our intrepid heroes, or anti-heroes, depending upon what story they ultimately will carve out. I definitely feel like we're heading for a are we the bad guys moment. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, we returned we a cyber arm. I stopped that. We did the good thing. Yeah, I yeah. stopped it from happening. What happened last time? We investigated a cyber arm, decided to leave it behind for some reason, I guess. Um, yeah. I wasn't allowed to, you know a little tracker thing out of it. We were going to give it back regardless. I'd stopped you from taking it apart because that's you wanted us to not get in trouble long term. Yeah. And also, also it like, was rude. It's literally that guy's arm. And he kind of yes, exactly. <laughs> but Faye put together a tracking beacon to copy the one that was in the cyber arm, which is just pointing us not directly upward, but at a upward kind of trajectory and realizing there is something up there somewhere so as uh, as Blaze said the dog was right <laughs> that, yes the talking dog was right yeah so to support that happened. right is it what was that 
Exactly. But I've never been so happy. <laughs> yeah. So support um, that recap, right? Like, I'll emphasize the, the, the aspects of it and clarify a few things. He did. Uh, Reuven, experienced, knowledgeable Nano, was able to uh, determine all of the important functions of the cybernetic arm that belongs to Hakon. That good boy the dog stole. Uh, you were able to replicate what is in effect something like a stellar compass. It isn't exactly a compass, but it provides you with some means of stellar orientation. Um, you know that Tronic Amber has stellar properties. You know that the arm amplifies those properties. And you were able to create a device that isn't a tracker exactly, but um, is some kind of locator or helps you home in stuff. So it's some kind of navigational tool. Uh, then, yes, indeed, Reuven emphasized that this is an arm that belongs to an actual person. So you might want to give it back. Uh, you did that while staying in Jack's Haven, which is a tavern in Sirio, an underground town supported on a platform full, full of revelry, revelry. And on your way out of the, the tavern, you were told that um, there is someone who used to have some association with a little gray dog uh, named Gus. And uh, at the end of the session, you approached somebody sitting at what is called Gus's cataract next to a video screen of some kind that's just displaying over and over again some GIF equivalent, some Ninth World equivalent of a GIF of, and I should revise this, I think I mentioned this incorrectly last time, a young man, not a child, um, uh, in a cage going over a waterfall and a person who looks like this person but perhaps a few years older sitting there tossing in his hand uh, a translucent ball filled with white dust of some kind we were talking about ashes <laughs> yes somebody suggests it could be ash who knows but that's what you saw and I leave it to you do we just approach him I mean, it's not like they're scary in any way. Uh, yeah, I would just walk up to him and... Hi, are you Gus? He looks up at you. He looks back. He looks back up at you. And he catches the ball. He says... That's my name. Most people call me Dusty Gus. Was there a non-Dusty Gus at some point? I've always been Gus. Mm. I was Dusty Gus for a while until, well, any points at the, uh, the screen. Mm-hmm. You pick your dust, huh? I brought it in. I wasn't supposed to. That's what happened. Do you know the story? No, actually. And then you, no, yeah. And then you say, when you say no, you shake your heads. He turns around and he like, he starts actually appraising you, and he like leans back a little bit. And uh, you have good boy with you? Yeah, he's with us. He's just back uh, a little bit watching our backs. He's being all the follower. He sees good boy in the distance, and he's 
He looks shocked, and his mouth gape. And he says, Who are you? And what are you? <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> friends. Good boy. Ow. Or I fix, yeah, I, I fix his collar so he can talk again. Helping him. I'm so confused. What do you mean? Do you know this dog? This dog is an Aeon priest, right? Uh, no. Do you know Elkana? You say Elkana and he like shakes his head. Um, and he looks down. And he says, I, who are you? We're friends with good boy. Do you know the dog? I I think I know that dog. He was hiding in a cave with your name on the wall. Uh. Acons are. What was he doing with Hakon's arm? Right, he's using it to find Elkana. Elkana's gone. Yeah, up. What? Mm-hmm. That's why we came to you. The dog says Elkana is up, and the arm is pointing us up-ish. And before we go trying to figure out where up is, we'd like to know what up is, if you know. I, I, I... Alcana is why that happened to me. Wait, what happened to him? Let me point, he points at the, the, the screen again. Oh, I see. Was she the priest here? Look, this this place brings back memories. Can we talk somewhere else? Sure. Sure? I thought this was kind of like your spot, so I thought you were yeah, comfortable. Yeah, but I like to be Sorry, alone yeah. here. I don't want to talk about that here. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, we can't go to Jack's Haven. Why not? What? And it's... he looks like he's going to ask more, and he's like, "Look, I don't want to know. I don't know who you are. Whatever. Let's just say I don't know." Correct. Um, I don't trust you enough to bring you to my house. I don't trust you enough to go to your house. What? Why not? And he looks at you a little more intently. And you see the hint of a smile for the first time on his face. I don't know. He seems and he cool. says, "What was that, Chris?" I said, "He seems cool. Like no, no quest mark or anything, but <laughs> worth, worth talking to." I love it. You um, can't tell people that they don't have a quest marker over their head. <laughs> Why not? It's not done. <laughs> All right. What if they? What if they think they do? Unimportant. Yeah. 
Reuven, when was the last time you saw someone with a quest marker over their head? Fair point. <laughs> uh, Gus says, um, ah, let, let's go to the Martyr's Rest. And he takes you uh, away from uh, the cataract. Um, he tosses the, you see him wait and toss the ball a few more times, and then he puts it in his pack. And then uh, he uh, escorts you, walking away from you, in front of you, and looking back behind him to make sure you're following, but you're not too close to him. Uh, and he takes you to like a dingy dive bar in a sense, right? But, you know, the revelry is all over the place in Serio, as we discussed, right? So this isn't exactly quiet and dark, but it definitely doesn't seem as lively and excitable as sure. um, as Jack's Haven. So um, you walk in, he, um, you, you see him, like, give a perfunctory wave to the bartender, and the bartender nods to the back, there are probably 10 or 12 people there scattered around a few um, combined metal and wood tables. All the, the colors there are kind of grayscale, sepia-toned. Um, and he takes you around a corner, and it looks like there's an alcove that uh, has uh, this, this distinct, smooth-shaped walls. There's no door. But he takes you to, like, a set of chairs towards the back. And he sits down on one and he motions to them. Or other set. So, it's like two. Think of them like the, um, like, opposite ends of this small segment, right? There are a few, few like, a couch and chairs and stuff like that. But he sits in one, uh, and he's trying to sit apart from you. Also... Is, is this just like a corner of an open space or is there like a passage to get here? There's a passage. You go around the corner, it's like a little hallway and then there's, okay. a, there's it looks like an alcove that goes a little deeper, right? And opens up. And um, yeah, there's seating places at the end. I'd say there's probably 20 feet from the entrance here. There's no door and a smooth walled room. Uh, and then at the end are the where you can sit. So Blaze is going to stand guard in the passage. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm gonna sit like not next to him, but yeah. If you if you try and if Vet tries and sit like uh, close to him, he asks you to sit across from him. Okay. I think Faye will probably yeah, like lean nearby, but not sit. Just like you mm -hmm. know, keep everything kind of casual and in the area as opposed to like surrounding him. Yeah, that makes sense. I think you're starting off. Pretty good for blows. These kick mm -hmm. me like, yep. So far, we've gone probably an hour without any fuckery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did sort of like. I mean, I guess we gave the arm back to them and told them what was up. Or at least, uh, was it in Borch? Yeah, but yeah, that, that's, that's normal stuff. That's within the bounds of what normal people would do. <laughs> Just not <laughs> talking <Okay>. dogs. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so, um, 
I'll describe this chamber a little more because I think I, I, I did an incomplete job to evoke it in your mind. So you go in, it has the same kind of sepia tone. The walls are very smooth. Um, and as you walk through, right, it widens out. But there's a stalk, almost like it's a spoon. Uh, so you walk down some of a narrow passage and then the walls open up wide into what seems like an ellipse. And so there are chairs in the opposite foci of the ellipse. So if you know what an ellipse looks like and geometrically right there has two foci, right? So, mm -hmm. um, he sits in one focus and he motions to you to sit in the other. And as you walk over there, if blaze is at the entrance, right near the entrance of the alcove. Suddenly, he can't hear the sounds of any of them inside when they're at the foci. Interesting. He'll make a point of staying outside of that no sound zone. Then, I think Faye, All right. once, once kind of figuring some stuff out, may come around to the far side of the spoon so he can see Blaze down the end of the tunnel stalk. Uh, okay. Then, yeah. Then I mean, you can see. all see it from where you are at the foci, right? Like that's not hard. Okay. Yeah. Like the it's it's not so narrow that Blaze can't see anybody. It it moves and it um it spreads out, opens up gotcha. okay. into this elliptical chamber within. Um, okay. I'm with you. But can cool. they can they hear what's going on outside, or is it just me? I can't uh, hear what. You can't hear what they're saying. Right, but can they hear the commotion from the bar? Okay, they can hear that. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. But uh, you notice then that you can't hear them, and so when you all get there, it seems like the sound, like you know, rustling and stuff like that, and tinking and things like this, sounds of breathing is more intense. And so, even though he's seating probably ten or fifteen feet away from you within this elliptical area, right, you can hear his breathing incredibly distinct. You can almost hear his heartbeat. Yeah, uh, failed to get a chilled little spot in your vet then. And he says, All right. So, what do you want? We're not entirely sure how you tie into all of this, but what we have to go on is this dog that was in a cave with your name on the wall when I started talking about or asking about Okana people pointed me at you which that's kind of obvious now hmm. do you know this dog I knew that dog oh long ago I don't know, seven years ago. Was he a puppy? It was smaller, probably. Riven immediately was like, puppy, good boy. <laughs> exactly. That That is how time works, yes. Well, for you. These are things we have to clarify. <laughs> That's um, this guy could have yeah. said, oh, yeah, I knew this dog. When I was like 12 and got thrown off a fucking river or whatever. He was, uh, he, he was young in the picture of it, right? 
a young man. He was younger. He was younger. Oh, but I clarified, he wasn't like an adult. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't a child. This didn't happen to a child. This happened <laughs> to an adult. Fair. Okay. Um. Yeah. At that, then I'm gonna turn to uh, good boy and say, good boy. Do you know Gus? Good boy looks at Gus, and for the first time, you see him adopt a pointer stance. Even though this isn't a pointer dog, sure. right? Um. But his foot up. He looked, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then he starts very carefully approaching Gus. And Gus squints at Good Boy uh, and starts sniffing around him. You know, and Gus is watching the dog. And then he like sniffs his leg. And he looks up at him. And then he barks and jumps on him. And like in a friendly way? <laughs> in Important, a friendly way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In a, a, a friendly way. And Gus says, Get off me! You're bad. You're what? not good boy. Whoa, You're bad. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't need that He's kind of language. Good boy. In here. And and so <laughs> good good boy doesn't seem to pay attention to that. <laughs> he must be talking to somebody else. That's yeah. not his <laughs> He's not me. You. Yeah. But but Gus is upset. And um and he says, why didn't you disappear with Okana? Get off me. And he pushes good boy off. So you do know each other. Like I said, he was smaller. He was Okana's dog. Yeah, he came to my cave. When I was hiding away, he seemed, I don't know what was up with him. I knew it was Okana's dog, but... Not much more than that. She came here seven years ago. I I don't know what her deal was. Maybe she was had some plans with Hakon. I mean, Hakon seems to know everyone that comes around here. But I don't know. I, and he stops. Can you tell us about Elkana? Because, I mean, right now, all we know is that she is was an Aeon priest and now is up. And we kind of want to return her dog to her, which is, now that I'm saying it aloud, why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> because we're curious and we didn't have anything else better going on. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. It's not like anyone was buying anything at your shop. <laughs> I wasn't selling anything. I was fixing things. Offering services. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to know what was up with the talking dog. Sure. What? I really don't understand how I had to explain this this many times. Yeah, I mean, he's... Like, why is it so weird to people that you're like, you you want to listen to the talking dog? Yeah, how many talking dogs have you met? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Excellent point. But the talking part... (laughs) Is is I, I get that, but at this point now, why are we returning the dog to the priest? Are we expecting a reward? Actually, yes. Uh, you reward, yeah. Dogs return to. Okay, yeah. Never mind. I'm back on. Sorry, guess you were saying you need to tell us more or whatever. Like, I understand how quests work. Like. We're just curious, trying to find stuff out. If you want to share information with us, that's fine. If we're bothering you, we'll get the fuck out. 
What did Lakana do to get you sent over the falls? Got me covered in dust. Oh, once you were already in town. Yes. Ah. Okay. Now I, I, I better understand your frustration. Yeah, and they threw me over the fucking falls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. See, initially, because I haven't heard the whole story, I thought you had, like, snuck in and were proud of the dust that you'd, like, snuck in. I get it now. No. Well, because your name was Dusty Gus, so it sounded like that was your thing. I'm with you now. Elkanda kind of sounds like uh, a little bit of a jerk. Why'd she cover you in dust? Because she brought dust in, and she didn't want to get in trouble. Oh, that's not cool. She repelled the dust onto me, and I don't know. I mean, what? Who are they going to believe? Right, you or an I always had dust on my shoes or something coming in, but I mean, I never snuck dust in. You know what happens? I know what the rules were. They throw you over the fucking cataract. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think I want to take Good Boy back to Elkana. Elkana sounds like a dick. I don't know what her deal was, okay? I I didn't even interact with her that much. She had something going on with Hakon, I think, maybe. I mean, who knows? But the dog came to my cave. I knew the dog. I don't even know where she got this dust. Wait, is, is it the dust that's in <laughs> that? Yeah. Is it? Of course, I want to keep it. I mean, I guess it's kind of weird, but this is this is what almost led to me dying. Right. You know how many people have survived being tossed over the cataract? I I, I had initially assumed that most people survived, and that it wasn't a death sentence. Yeah, my instinct is either a very large or a very small proportion yeah kind of the the ends there okay and then he realizes he remembers it looks like he's like coming to a sense he's you know aggravated and agitated and he calms down he's like all right i'm gonna assume you don't know because maybe you're not from around here or something i have no idea all right you don't have any dust on you i don't see any dust I would like We're to clean, assume man. that when you entered, if you had any dust, you were told what the rules are. Yeah, we yep. got vacuumed or whatever. All right. Great. Okay. If you are caught in Syria with dust on you, they throw you from the waterfalls in a metal cage, suspended like you are the platform of Syria. When you bounce around with cables tied to your appendages, they can snap. Nobody survives that. Except. Yeah, except me. That that was very shitty of an Aeon priest to do. I don't even know what she wanted to happen to me, but she definitely wasn't around as help me recover so she dusted you and then ghosted you I, I don't know how she did it I mean oh, he survived he didn't turn into a ghost is there anything 
we'll get back to that. The dust that you have... Have you ever um, investigated that dust? Is it, like, unique? No. No, they gave it to me afterwards. They took it off me before I got in the cage. Some kind of weird ceremonial thing. I mean, of course, they don't want any dust around, right? But I survived, so they let me keep the dust. So the waterfall isn't even to clean the dust? It's just a punishment. That's shitty. No. But nobody brings dust in because you get thrown over a waterfall. I mean, as far as capital punishments go, yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty terrible, but like. I'd love for you to finish the sentence. It's not the first place I've seen a terrible capital punishment in. Yeah. (laughs) Sure, people get killed everywhere. Also, they'll take the dust off you when you enter. So obviously, they're pretty impatient with this. If you brought dust in after, they'll take it off you. It's your fault. What is the big deal with the dust? Same thing with the with the laughing. You've noticed he hasn't. He doesn't seem like very revelrous. Um. Oh, because the mining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a dusty place. Enjoy being clean now. Yeah. Okay. They laugh so really and they're clean. Quiet. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It was nobody laughed and it was dusty all the time. And Hakon came. Everybody can laugh and it's clean. Nobody's dusty. Sure. Are you like? I, I know you've kept the dust, so you're probably like you have some sentimentality to it. Um, but just like, do you mind if? Uh, well, it's not. It's not for me. It's for my, it's for Ruben. Uh, but could we, you know, take a look? Could we take a look at it and and see if there's something unique about it? Why an Aeon priest would sneak dust into Syrio? You want the dust? I mean, not thrown at me. Yeah, just I would like the the little like the sphere of it. If it's, it. Yeah, just want to give it a look over and see what it is, if it's unique or... Because why wouldn't Aeon Priest bring dust into Syria? Right. Maybe she was somewhere she wasn't supposed to be. I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I have no idea. I mean, there's a very reasonable chance you were just the wrong Gus in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But... If there is an answer to why this happened to you, would you want to know it? Say that? And you see his eyes glisten a little bit? And he, um, swallows and blinks. And he says, Yeah. Yeah, I would. Okay. Yeah, take the dust. I'll reach out and take it very <laughs> carefully and hand it to Faye. And when you handle the ball, it looks pretty durable. Okay. Yeah, like when you feel it, right? It's like a it heavy feels glass. like, yeah, it feels like um, it's glass or a translucent metal, right? It feels like a substance you're used to knowing um, is not just going to shatter on the ground. It would require a lot of force to break, which 
might make sense considering it's supposed to encase something that they don't want to right. get released into cereal. Faye gives it like snow globe shake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very meticulous look and says, yeah, what do you think, Ruben? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that he's doing uh, as if he could actually know something about it. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen. And he's just getting a second opinion. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's great. Working on that inability, right? Hey. That's a lie. I'm absolutely it. not working on that. Not, not when Ruben's still around. <laughs> I can yeah, assess its importance and function. See? There you go. I don't need it. Yeah, you can take a shot at it first. You, you were the one that took it from him. Uh, yeah, I'll just take a good look at it and try to figure out what what it is. Okay. Is that an int roll? Let me see. Yeah, it would be an int roll. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think if you'd be able to figure out what this is without getting it out of the ball. So I should first ask, how are you trying to assess what it is? I, I'm like taking it and holding it around and sort of rolling it and seeing like what the texture of it is. Okay. Um, see if I can see anything in it, specs or whatever. Oh, okay, cool. Big one I was thinking though was like, again trying to see like how powdery it is. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense. Uh, I will say this. Um, this probably wouldn't surprise you. It's more challenging to assess information about this particular dust while it's inside of the sphere. Because I would like to assume you probably haven't encountered this particular dust yet. Um, so, um, it's not impossible to, to determine what the dust is. If you're just trying to look at the dust while it's inside of the orb and figure out what's going on, it would be difficulty seven. So, somebody with some smarts and assets and effort could use their powerful mind in order to do this, right? But someone who doesn't have any ability would not be able to tell what this dust is or what it does outside of, or inside of the ball. Once it's outside, it's a different situation. I have telescope slash spyglass. Can I use that to sort of like try to get a zoomed in look at it? Hmm. Um, that's not going to help with this dust. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I just have the skill and basically assessing. Mm-hmm. And you have effort. You can apply if you want. Uh, yeah. So at seven, I have a skill that makes it a six. Yep. Must have been two effort, and yeah. Whoa! Look yeah. at that! That's a major effect. Fantastic. Great success. Yeah, great success. Maybe I have seen this before. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. In your travels, you know what it is for whatever reason. Uh, what um, what do you want your major effect to be? I know you don't know what it is, and I haven't told you yet. But I'm like, if you have a general notion, I can also make suggestions once um, once I reveal what's going on. You figure it out. Maybe a suggestion, just because I I don't know what this is. Okay, cool. Uh, let's say this. Um. Oh yeah. All right. I know what. With the major effect. Um, you will know not just um, 
what it is, but also how old it is, based on how um, how granular it seems and how it's falling inside of the ball as you're okay. moving around it. All right, so that um, in her many travels has heard that the mirthless minds have a particular kind of dust that is in effect powdered tronic amber. As a consequence of its energetic properties, um, it is bone white over time. You looked at the amber itself and it's kind of orange, but the dust of it is bone white. So it's very easy to tell if somebody has been in the Mirthless Mines. It's hard to hide bone white dust and it covers you. It's extremely powdery and um, it, it very easily clings to surfaces via static electricity, like a lot of dust does, right? But powdered because of its start, yes, powdered sugar. That's right. Uh, you know that because of like the hue and because of how bone white it is, um, that it gets increasingly more easy to distribute as it ages. So you could coat a larger surface more easily. So you look at it, and it's moving around, falling and stuff like that. And you think that this dust is... It's the right need. Podcast folks, Ralph is performing intense mental calculations. Hold, please. Yeah. You think it is 10 years old. When did the mine close? Is that Vet asking Gus? Or asking me? Is that you asking? Um, I would ask Gus. Gus says, I don't know. Ten years ago? I think that's when Hakon made his estate. I mean, the bazaar's been here for a long time, but. And for my information, the the mine is just closed, shut down. Totally, or. Oh. Just not run as like a. Forced labor sort of thing. Oh, it's, nobody goes there. He's like, Nobody why would you go there? Goes there? What do you mean? I mean, remember, he didn't realize this. So, mm-hmm. I mean, tronic amber is a very valuable so- material. Yeah. And if somebody were to shut down the mine uh, and make a big deal about how it's not being used and then continue to mine in it uh, from a uh, entrepreneurial business side, it would sound like oh, that source of Tronic Amber has been cut off but it's actually still active. And they might, you know, accumulate a massive quantity of it without anybody realizing. Yeah, I suppose, but why does that matter? I mean, Tronic Amber can be used for a lot of things. 
Yeah, but okay. Gus looks like he's a little confused about the economic discussion. He says, and, and meanwhile, Faye has gone from economic to oh, all the things I could do with this shit. <laughs> I'm just mentally trying to remember who I stole that from. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> who was that person that just had that ball? Just had this in belt. the in the bag that hit it. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> it was the pickpocket Olympics. Was it another pickpocket? <laughs> Who do we? Who knows? Uh, Gus says, "Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't know anything about that. No, I mean, no one who lives in cereal deals in Tron again. We don't need it. Hakon gives us all our power. Also, it's dusty in there. Why would you go there? He's like, and he looks off to the side, not like he's talking to you, but like, why the fuck would you go to the, the Mirthless Mines? There's no laughing and it's dusty." Let's go there. Reuven does have a very important point there. How does Hakon provide power to Sirio? You know? He looks at you like um, like you might have missed something obvious. Um, and he says, the conduit. Which is? In the center of the platform. goes up perhaps i didn't describe it i thought i did i might not have so i'm willing to assume this, this is that you know i care everything this is not gus saying this there is a conduit that goes up from the center of the platform into the ceiling of the cavern the cavern's immense you know those guide wires those cables that support the platform stably in the center of this yawning pit and then there is a a a, a, a big cylinder that comes up from the center of the platform and connects with the, the ceiling above. And he says, a conduit. Okay, but what... But how does that power the city? What is it? Do you know, I mean, I, that's understandable that you wouldn't know that. But if you do know, that would be great. He says, I... Look, I, I'm not an Aeon priest. I, I don't know a lot about the Numenera. Uh, that's fair. I... I he built that con that conduit and we had power no one had to mine tronic amber anymore he gives it to us he doesn't ask for anything in exchange I mean like, how amazing is that much as I would love to believe that somebody is doing something completely out of their goodness of their own heart and taking care of people this is also a man who runs a bazaar uh, it sounds too good to be true <laughs> It's true, from the from the, from the con artist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, Gus Gus is like, but the bazaar was here for decades before he built his estate. Right. So he so he was making money from his bazaar, and then suddenly came here, shut down a mine, and gave you all free power, so you wouldn't need to go into the mine. Well, he didn't shut down the mine. We stopped mining. Nobody wanted to mine. Again, uh, have you been in the Mirthless Mines? No, but it I'm deafens you to... if you laugh, and it's dusty. Have you ever had dust under your eyelids? I would it's, wear goggles. It scrapes away your eyes. It's terrible. It's the worst. Nobody wanted to mine. We just did. No one laughed. It was dusty all the time. Everyone hated mining. It's hard to mine. 
I get it. And when he came and offered us power, we didn't have to mine anymore. He didn't shut the mines down. We stopped mining. We didn't want to mine. So he built the conduit before the mine shut down. Because then you didn't have to mine. And he looks like he's looking at that. He's like, yeah. I mean, that must have been how it went, right? I'm new here. Ruben grabs the, grabs the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gus, this is Tronic Amber. Okay. It's the dust from the mine. Okay. It's worth a lot. How how much is it worth? A lot. With capital letters. Is the dust worth a lot? Oh, Do you yeah, still have the power? <laughs> less than it. Right, because it's stronger the bigger piece it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah right? it I'm could sure still be used. I'm sure, but you could do you could like make it into some sort of paste, or especially if you're yeah. scooping it up by the shovel yeah, full. Yeah, yeah. So think about it this way: like on a heat sink, right? You put like right. you know some conductive paste, right? Like right. tronic amber dust is actually worth something, right? Mm-hmm. So it's worth a considerable amount more than regular right. dust. Right. You're right in saying <laughs> that the dust he has. And Vet would know based on his age that this is actually a valuable amount of dust. Okay. He could have done something with this, would have affected his life. And an Aeon priest didn't want to get caught wearing the dust because perhaps she was investigating it? She was in the mine. Mm-hmm. Wasn't supposed to be in the mine. Around the time the that Hakon got the mine shut down by giving everybody here free power out of the goodness of his heart. Are you sure we really should have given him his arm back? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the guy can be an asshole. We shouldn't steal, steal his, his appendages. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Let's, <laughs> in the context of the game and out of character, let's acknowledge this. <laughs> A little label is for us to think that if someone is a jerk, they just should take his arm. You should take their arms removed. off. Right? <laughs> it's got it's got big. Let me let me get this person's pronouns right so I can cuss them out vibes. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. So yeah. How do we get into the mine? Why do we need to go in the mine? Alcano was in the mine. It isn't currently, but... I'm also very curious about Hikon's estate. Mm. Which reminds Does me... say that? It, and this is an out-of-character question real quick. Um, mm, yeah. Hikon's estate is in Syria, or is it outside of Syria? Yes. Okay. It is above Serio. It is directly above Serio. Okay, that's that's okay. okay. Yeah, it's, it's might not have been obvious to you because you weren't new. To, you're new to the area, mm-hmm. right? But let's say this: you've been in Serio a while. You were up above. You were traveling to Serio. Hakon's estate was in the distance. You come down. Gus emphasizes that the conduit is going directly up and providing power, mm-hmm. and you realize that Hakon's estate is directly above it. Yeah, it is above ground. Vacuuming up the ember. Or something, yeah. Or something. Hmm. 
I mean, oh. does, it, does it matter? I mean, there, there's a part of me that doesn't care because I, mean, I just want Tronic Amber. Getting a, get it, I mean, you can pay Gus for this amount right here. I probably could not afford to. Not fairly. Or we can move on, but we can't. It wouldn't be right to interfere with all of these mechanics and things that have gone on for the last 10 years and put the people of Syria in jeopardy of having to go back into the mines. Oh yeah, I'm not about to go after Hakon or get the conduit shut down. I am curious about going into the mines and seeing if Tronic Amber is being mined out from beneath these people's nose, because Hakon showed up here and got a mine shut down. And yes, I get the fact that the people did not want to mine, but if he's figured out a way to mine without it being the Mirthless Mines, and he is now gobbling up Tronic Amber from the people who live here and have a claim on that mine because they were the ones who were mining it. And now this guy's come in, giving them free power, and unbeknownst to them, is taking Tronic Amber that from a mine that they ran. Because correct me, right, uh, Ralph? This the Tronic Amber mine was run by the people here. Yeah, and just to, to emphasize, right? They ran it. They stopped doing it because they hated it. He didn't shut it down. Right, they right. stopped doing it. So that's all you know is. As far as what Gus is telling you, right? right? People stopped mining in Syria. No one wanted to mine. They voluntarily stopped mining when they didn't have to. Yeah. So as, as much as shutting was... it down, the, right. yeah, the mine was never officially don't shut down. However, because it's so dusty, I will say this to support that perhaps suspicion, the, the notion of no dust may be brought into Syria definitely influenced whether or not people were willing to go into the mines. Mm -hmm. It means... You get dusted every time you come back in. I'm just curious to know, because as far as we know, that's the last location we have for Alcana. <laughs> well, besides because up. Besides up. You have the compass. Mm -hmm. like. Yeah, and we yep. do have her dog. So maybe we start with Alcana before we go yelling and screaming at Akon. I mean... This is a very surprising take from Chris, but from Reuven, I don't see that he's doing that much of a bad thing here. Like, and right now, this is a better place than most. Correct. And right now, as far as I can see, yeah, this place is okay. However, if Hakon is doing something, and notably, mines run out, if this conduit is providing power to Sirio as long as Hakon is here and making money off of Tronic Amber that he is mining from this mine when the mine runs out and the dust runs out and he just leaves and takes the conduit with him the town of Sirio will be powerless and mindless and also even if the conduit isn't powered by Tronic Amber it's powered by something it's not just I mean, it, 
magic is a thing, but generally power sources have a source. It's worth investigating. Again, we're not doing anything else. Yeah, but we are. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we can take care of Good Boy and Elkana because Elkana may also give us information about this and the dog wants to go home. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like she was looking for something. Mm-hmm. And if we find her, maybe she can tell us what it was. Mm-hmm. Quite true. Okay, um, I want to give him back his dust mm. and uh, tell oh. him what a good price for it would be. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't need to roll to see if I know that or was that part of knowing what no. it is. No, especially with that major effect, you know exactly how much this dust is worth. So this is a life-changing amount of money here. Um, so, yeah. Do something with it. Might uh, have been the wrong Gus at the wrong time then, but maybe it can uh, turn around now. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Maybe. Yeah. Dax might think it's a neat trick. <laughs> Don't know how long you can ride on that particular wave, but I mean, you'll probably get drinks for a night without even giving up mm. the dust. Hmm. That's a good idea. You know what? Thank you. Maybe things are turning around for old Gus. You're still young, Gus. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And when you get old, come see me. I might be able to fix it. Wow, yeah? Yeah. I mean, in like a decade. Like, do you, you have no idea. Hang on, let me... <laughs> I have an investment. <laughs> I have an investment opportunity for you. Let me let me show you some plans. <laughs> I'm just like shoving you away. <laughs> Blaze, who is unable to hear any of this conversation, just like just knows <laughs> yeah it's like oh no <laughs> like as Ruben's getting up to walk away it's like I looked in his notebook once and couldn't sleep for a week <laughs> <laughs> okay listen there's two creepy things in there and I told you to not look at them the other stuff is completely useful <laughs> great it's hilarious alright so um, considering you're departing from Gus do I understand that is that what's happening, or you ask him to come? Yeah, what's what's going I think on? So. I make sure. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, just to tag Craig in, um, I think Faye will kind of like meander over while you guys are discussing like the use of the Tronic Amber and where he could sell it, stuff like that. Uh, we'll go mm-hmm. kind of catch Blaze up on what's going on, and my my thoughts are unincluding this man from being involved with us because mm. right now his life has just gotten better if he continues to be with us almost certainly it will get worse yeah I'm fine with letting him <laughs> giving him telling him how much money he's holding giving him the chance to you know improve his state a bit well, you've done a nice question. thing does Tronic Amber like you need to process Tronic Amber for it to be useful correct you need to harness it 
most people do process it somehow or set up some kind of field inside of which you yeah, can Yeah, it's not like I properties. can just take a cable, plug it into a formation of tronic amber and start sucking power out of it, right? No, you no, would need to can't. make a small little conduit, but... Sure. Some kind of device, because it is, it's highly energetic, so it's dangerous if not properly harmed. Yeah, you probably shouldn't just, like, put it on some tinfoil and just, like, rip yeah. a big rail of it or whatever. But... <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't where I was going with that, but so... You said harness the power. If Hakon's yeah. using <laughs> running power somehow through his conduit, then someone or something must still be mining amber. Yes. Mm-hmm. If the power is from the Emperor. Right. Oh, or it else could be from... some other power source. I don't know. <laughs> I mean... Again, let me pull up... up. Right out of the mine, right? No, it's, it's from the middle of town okay. up into his house. Okay. Yeah. It's connecting his estate and the city. Yeah. Bingo. But unconnected to the mine. Because the platform of Sirio has walkways that can ostensibly lead somewhere to the mines, right? If you were to investigate it, you would find where that is, right? But the, the platform is suspended by cables inside of a pit, and there are walkways. But it doesn't seem like there's any direct connection between the conduit and Sirio and the mines. Based on what you're telling me, at the very least, the Aeon Priest needs a punch. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Where are you headed now? What are you doing? You got information about the mines, what it was before. You could ask about that in town. You can try and go talk to Hakon. You can go into the mines. You can figure out how to get there, right? You got lots of stuff you could do. Faye's vote is to leave behind Sirio for a little bit because mm -hmm. uh, Hakon and his cronies might be coming around about his arm. Uh, we've been seen in mm -hmm. town, and that'll give yeah. uh, our good boy Gus time to sell his Tronic Amber and, you know, mm. not be seen with us. And you then... Good, you said good point. I was like, the dog's not going to sell the dust, man. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I'd i pay extra if it was a talking dog selling something to me. So uh, a dog with a backpack shows up at your door and drops <laughs> off your goods. It, he definitely gets a very good tip. He gets yeah. good tips. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, and the dog has been very patient with us considering that the dog just wants to go back to Elkana and I have a doohickey that will point mm -hmm. us to it and while I am absolutely certain that it will not give up <laughs> anytime soon um, I do know that occasionally these things happen um, and that's more of an in-character thing where Faye is, you know, oh yeah, yeah this, this yeah, is totally, totally fine yeah. um, and so, yeah, let's go ahead and while we well. have the compass, let's use exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Seems good. Mm -hmm. and yet we don't know where it's taking us, but I don't know that I actually think Alcana is up. But I think that maybe if we follow this, we'll find her on the ground somewhere. Potentially. Or maybe a flying city picked her up. If she was far enough away, it would be down. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Because of the curvature of the planet. Assuming Numenera is she's a, not is that a far away <laughs> on this flat Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Ruben, we, we've been <laughs> over this, Ruben. We're on See, the other side of a hypercube. <laughs> that's right. Somebody could have changed the shape of the Earth. Of the, of the, that's ex- is it, that's it, exactly. It is the Earth, right? Ostensibly. Yeah, it, 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 Whether or not people call it that, obviously. Ostensibly but. is the right word. Yes. Ostensibly in fiction, it is presented as our planet that we live on in real life. Monty yes. Cook wrote about one billion years in the future. Yes, that's exactly right. And especially in the context of our story, that is absolutely true. So are we going to do the mine or are we going to try and get into the state? Neither. Neither. We're going to follow leave. the compass. We're following the stars. How are we going to get up if we're following the compass? I can make rocks that float out of character. Please note that is a terrible idea and will not work. <laughs> but I mean, it's a stellar compass. that's pointing to a star. It's something in the sky. Yeah. So we're navigating by it the way people. Yeah. Oh, so maybe when it's straight up and down, we're at the spot. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Except the earth rotates. This is not a sheer magnetic compass, Blaze. This is technology. <laughs> this is how fake gets punched in the face. Um, and so, yes, it is using more than just simple bang- magnesis to direct us. Yeah, and yet when I use that tone of voice to criticize your skill point distribution, somehow I'm the bad guy. I will also remind you that, you know, when uh, navigators, sailors, you know, astronomers, when people use something like a sextant to confirm their position and navigate by that, they're trying to make sure they're in a constant way. And because of the shape of the Earth and the distance and stuff like that, it it's if something were straight up, it might be straight up. Right. But you don't know exactly what that is. It's possible that it won't be straight up when you're in a specific spot just because of where the stellar object is. I'm not saying that's not a, a good thought, right? Like, great, right. explore that. I'm just mentioning in the context how it might compare to things in reality that we use. Right. So. And Blaze's point was more that if it's not in the polar, in some sort of a cone around the poles of rotation, mm-hmm. yeah. then 12 hours from when it's right up and down, it's going to be strictly down. Be? Just because of the rotation of the Earth and the position of the stars so far away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be. Okay. Okay, so you're all so, gonna try and find something, see what's going on with that that stellar compass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think especially uh, now that we might not have it forever. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chase it while yeah. we got it. All right, sounds good. Actually, I think with that said. <laughs> Passing this over to Reuven <laughs> because when it comes to navigation, I'm like, I made the thing. You, you, <laughs> you actually follow it. You know how to actually read it. Oh, um, so yeah, do we have some sort of like journey mechanic or? Mm-hmm navigation role or something like that. I don't know what sort of distance we're talking about ended up going. I don't think we in character know it either, right? That's right. So yeah. like getting getting Good some supplies idea. in Yeah, I definitely want to get some supplies in, like, in town. 
Sounds good. Like, just sort of, you know, knock off a few gold pieces and buy some food and things like that. Cool. Gotcha. Where do you go to do that? I just mean, like, are you doing that in Syria or are you doing that at the bazaar? Probably in the bazaar. Bazaar's still going. Uh-huh. Go yeah, I was going to do it day. in Syria while we're here. Okay. I think we don't want to go back to the bazaar. Oh, wait, you went overnight. So, no, you wouldn't go back to the bazaar. Ooh, and, yeah, okay. we definitely don't. Yeah, the, the bazaar, <laughs> we, we kind of made waves there. So, in Syria, okay. Hmm. I mean, is there extra oh, that's food right. and things here? Could be bought. Hey, there's there's plenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get you can get whatever you it's need. Like the, it's oh, like it's like in Vegas, right? They've got stuff. Too, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can get you can get whatever you need. I was just making sure for the sake of the narrative, so I understood. Yeah. What was happening? So. Yeah, we'd want to yeah, just knock up there and be prepared to, you know, be in the desert for a little bit. Yeah. Perfect. So, uh, I will also mention, uh, I forgot something. Um, you spent the night at Jack's Tavern, or Jack's Haven, sorry, right? Spent some time with the arm. You woke up, and uh, when we started the story, you arrived at the bazaar, which occurs on the eve of Serial's Conjunction, right? So today is Serial's Conjunction. You know that. Okay. What does that mean? Uh, a conjunction is an astronomical word referring to Exactly. Celestial objects overlapping, superimposing. You know, the town's called Syria. And every year, there's a day called Syria's Conjunction. Okay. Yep. So when the town is in line with something? Could be. About to get all Independence Day up in here. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. And someone welcome to Earth. Ask someone real quick. Is yeah, this something good. that we should find out before we leave? <laughs> um, if you want, uh, I'll say there's information you get if you ask about it. Um, you because of course, right? This is an important thing. Um, but you had heard of this prior. I just forgot to remind you of it when you woke up last session. That's why I'm doing it now. Is I forgot that that much time had passed that it was the following day. So, yeah, I would at least want to find out what it's in conjunction it's with. Holiday, yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Um, who are you gonna ask? I would probably just casually ask whoever we're buying like our supplies from, just sort of in a making conversation way. Okay. Sure. Cool. Just in a, oh, we're traveling through town and we heard it was the conjunction what can we can you tell us about that oh oh yeah um hmm. well uh hmm. i guess it's always been called that ever since i ever since i was a little child i mean ever since i you know Brave the mirrored sepulchre, things like that, that kind of age. Uh, but I don't know. I might want to ask an AM priest. Are there? Where the, the dog? I, I, you made that face, and I was like, don't ask the dog, don't ask the dog. <laughs> I won't take up screen time with it, but Reuben does a bit. I love it. It's so good. 
It's definitely been one of my favorite parts of this. The double face palm from <laughs> Blaze and Faye. Just when the guy says maybe she should ask an priest, like Blaze is immediately getting an eye twitch. <laughs> just consciously not looking at him. <laughs> Riven is just like fully left this conversation, squatted down, <laughs> talking to the dog. Um. Yeah, we're. Are there any? Yeah, where where are they in town? Uh, I think uh, you try Hakon's estate. Oh, there are any other? (laughs) There are any other priests? Uh, used to be one. He scratches his head. While back, she hasn't been seen around for at least seven years. Yeah, it's seven ten something like that around that time. But uh. Why wouldn't you want to be at the estate? Got all the Numenera and the trinkets. Yeah, but it's like it's it's up and we're down here. Up is where we want it's to cool. Go. You ever seen the gardens there? Are they worth seeing? Are they hanging gardens? He like <laughs> leans on the counter, you know, and like pushes some stuff off, and he says, You sir, I think you might be a rube. Got him. <laughs> When's the last time you seen a garden in the desert? And then he turns oh, to yeah. Reuben and he says, "Hanging, whoo, the very definition." I feel like we're back playing man. into the West. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Purgatory <laughs> Bluff, nineteen fifty-seven. 1857. I, <laughs> I thought Hakon's estate implied that it was his house. You can visit it? He leans back and he says, Yes, of course you can visit it. He has grounds. Yes, it's his house, but I mean, it's a palace. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, like, I've never seen a palace, but I'm, I'd imagine that that's where, what a palace would In look like. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. All right. Yeah, like, it's I true. Mean, you have probably people. seen a few palaces in your time, haven't you? You you seen a palace? Yeah, several. Wow! And it goes it goes off telling some grand stories. Oh, he's listening in. Absolutely, this is a prospector, man. We're going to talk for a while. <laughs> he's, he's eager to hear what you yeah. have to tell. And. uh he, uh, at Talks the end of the, you the regaling him, he solved. Ooh, cool! In in the the palace of uh, Prince Thespian. <laughs> he listens with rapt attention to anything yeah. you tell him. And then at the end of the story, the big punchline is he was he was he wasn't dead the whole time. It was actually a party. <laughs> he laughs. Get it? Because he, he extends act- a hand to Thespian. shake it. Yeah. <laughs> we should have realized that. <laughs> we should have realized the whole time. Did not want somebody to misconstrue me choking on water at laughter at Chris's joke. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to feel good about my joke there for a second, but you just purposely <laughs> actually said, no, it wasn't good. No, it wasn't that actually. <laughs> Wow. Okay, well. 
more my refusal to laugh. I apologize. (laughs) I do want to check out that estate now, but maybe later. (sighs) It sounds like something worth seeing. When you say that, he says, I don't know why you're here. Anyone in town goes to see the estate. You ever seen a garden in the desert? And I guess we should check in with an Aeon priest about this whole conjunction thing, just in case. I mean, if you want more information about that. Appreciate your time, old timer. I appreciate you. Thank you for telling me these stories. Oh, so good. They see many palaces. Behold. Palace of Darkness. He's spoken to someone who has seen several palaces. Yes, that's right. He's going to go <laughs> tell that's that exactly what it is. You're never going to believe yes. who I talked to today. Yes. <laughs> this weird dragon person told me they've been to a bunch of palaces. Then he's going to repeat your joke. Mm-hmm. Just good enough for mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. else to laugh, but not perfectly. It's yeah. not going to get the reaction oh, yeah. you got sure. from him. For sure. But yeah. yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We've all been there. Um, so do we want to take a, uh, a quick detour to go poke up at Hakon's estate? If we're reasonably certain we won't be arrested on the spot, sure. That's true. And if it's, I mean, if it's got gardens, that sounds like, you know, we can do a little peek at least. Blaze, could I convince you to wear a shirt? <laughs> I have my uh, for formal occasions. <laughs> More like as a disguise. Um, do you own? I don't think uh, you do you own one. He has I, the harness. I have, a dress, <laughs> I have a dress harness for special yeah. occasions. I don't really do the sneaking thing. It's not sneaking, <laughs> it's just attempting to not be immediately recognized as the people that punched out a captain the other day. Because <laughs> they didn't see me, but they definitely saw you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you two clobbered her. <laughs> but that's kind of the point that he just sort of pointed himself, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ruben. I mean, Welcome to the party. At, <laughs> if you're looking at if they're looking at me, they won't be looking at you, right? They're gonna arrest you on sight. They will try to arrest me on sight. But what if <clears throat> we, we didn't kill don't any get guards. arrested and also didn't fight people, and then we could just ask questions. Mm-hmm. I won't go up there looking for a fight, but I will certainly accept one if they bring one. I'll keep an eye on him. This is what talking to me is like. (laughs) (laughs) One brief moment of self-awareness. I'm so sorry, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the other thing I have to I have to bring up because Faye also does not ever wear a shirt. (laughs) Do you have one? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's very proud of like the plugs and the circuitry on himself. And it makes him stand out as a crafter and stuff like that. Yeah, right, right, right. 
But like, do you have one? Yeah, I a little matrixy boy. Yeah, correct. Yep, he's a socket man. Because I mean, if you need, I can own. give you coat. <laughs> I'm, is... I'm right there with you, Drew. <laughs> That's right. Yes, I was hoping. Socket man. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, no. Connected to the juice of heaven. No. My brain's moved a little slower today. It's okay. Appreciate we, we appreciate that. that you are here. I've got um the morphing cloth. That's what my jacket is. So I can make it look like whatever and give it to one of you guys. Oh, Faye's got clothes. Like they will they will pull on like a coat and stuff like that. I've got that. I've got a disguise kit. I've got a visage changer. Ooh, is that a cipher? Yes. Don't forget about ciphers. Like, Blaze, if you are willing to put on a disguise, we can avoid a fight entirely. Or, I'm just realizing <laughs> after we've had all this discussion, players, please don't kill me. Uh, Faye is like digging through and pulls out his pack and then holds up the little data sphere siphon that he's got. He's like, I mean, we could ask the data sphere what the conjunction is all about if we just want to not go up there. But there were more things that we thought we might be able to do up there. I guess it's true. The AM priest could also maybe tell us something about Alcana. Also true. Okay. Yep. And it might be that Alcana is there. Also a possibility that we, yeah. That's I mean, true. I guess that's a possibility. Yep. <laughs> it yeah. seems it unlikely. If you had just it gone very to the easy. And in this little sort of flash of insight, um, dog is confused. You know, there's so many plot elements that are all tying together. This must be part of a larger quest, don't you think? <laughs> There's so many coincidences with Gus and the dog and the Aeon Priest, and then they're all connected to Hakon somehow. I'll I bet that's where the boss. Hunting. I bet that's where the boss fight is. <laughs> Do not encourage him. Them. I'll admit, the writing has been better than usual. <laughs> um. So to, to answer your question, Blaze's spent a lifetime building a temple um and why would he throw decorations his idea is why would you throw a tarp over that temple not in a proud or arrogant sort of way but the you know yeah. this is the the weapon that i have found temples are like painted and have big cool curtains and things though he is painted tattoos I mean, all I'm over his body yeah it's more the no matter how cool your weapon is, sometimes it needs to be sheathed. Or you need to have a hidden weapon to get into a place where you wouldn't be allowed to have your very cool weapon. If my presence would be disruptive, I'm prepared to wait at the bottom, I suppose. But the reason I left our temple was to test myself against the world. Is this it is true. This it is through um, overcoming adversity that we become stronger, more aware of ourselves, more aware of our limitations. I'm getting more and more adverse the longer this conversation goes. <laughs> I, 
I will not seek out a fight, but if they bring one, I will certainly respond. Yeah. I'll keep an eye on him. I've done this before, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Bear in mind, at this point now, Faye has put on a long... We're like halfway to the fucking estate. Oh, yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, it's certainly happening while you're walking. Yeah. And Faye's got a big, long, black leather coat that he wears that, cool. like... Your Matrix coat? Absolutely. He has no <laughs> idea, of course. You have the shades. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, probably not that. Well, I mean, it would be kind of convenient. Uh, it's totally cool to do it. Yep. This is the ninth world. Yep. Yeah, I was passe in like the fourth and fifth world, but it's come back around. It's cool back again. Around. Yes. <laughs> exactly. It's Actually, vintage now. They're 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 not they're not shades and glasses. They're it's like work goggles. <laughs> Ooh, cool. Well, because the yeah. third world did have an actual matrix thing happen, and so like in fourth and fifth, it was like, <laughs> well, that's more, that's more just like trauma based, you know? So. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Okay. So to the estate then. Do we get immediately arrested when we go up to the estate? <laughs> uh, no. So uh, you you approach the estate, and uh, as you get closer, it seems like the sand and soil is getting more um, densely packed. Like this might be an area of greater geological stability. Uh, and it gradually appears that you're now walking on like a walkway. So uh, there's a walkway quite wide, which is uh, flanked on both sides by simple pedestals. There's nothing on top of them, but they look like they might be made of alabaster. Or, I mean... Bone, it's hard to tell, right? It's just completely smooth, white um, pedestals on the side of this walkway. And that walkway, I'd say you're on for about a quarter mile. And you see the estate in the distance, which looks massive as you get close. And the heat haze reveals it. Uh, it looks... Hmm, at this distance, how big is the It looks easily as large as the White House. Um, and it, from this vantage point, it's possible that there might be other buildings or something like that, but it seems like a very massive house. Okay, yeah. On the walk, I'm going to shift my coat into like, like a nice long duster mm. instead of the oversized vagrant look it's got right now <laughs> I like that awesome where's your trash griffin uh it's probably gonna sit on my shoulder cool alright that's what I'm talking about but no guards or anything not on not on the pathway in the no, colony security personnel cool nope you don't see that you see some people in the distance milling about um looks like near the door but uh you don't see any guards or constant so as we're walking along blaze is just I'm, I'm sorry I'm not clear should I Put on my harness, or nah. Okay. So you get close to the doors. Uh, the doors are open. Very tall, like twenty foot tall doors. Uh, the front. Uh, it looks like they are <clears throat> inset with the ninth world equivalent of stained glass. And what I mean by that is. Uh, they are, it looks like one single piece of material that is 
completely translucent. Let me not say this. Um, is something you can see through without any trouble. However, um, depending upon your orientation to the glass, you can see very strongly depicted images of what look like um, great beasts. Perhaps something akin to what Reuven has described to you before. And you walk in, and as soon as you pass the threshold, even though the doors are open, this was not obvious to you before, as soon as you walk in, the air suddenly feels and smells incredible. I don't know, do they have air conditioning? It it is cool. Um, It is humid, but not excessively so. It's the kind of... Have you ever been in a properly humidified room? Such that your the air feels incredibly good on your lungs. It's not overwhelming. It's not sticking on your skin, but it's just so much easier to breathe. And it is redolent with the sense of exotic blossoms, which you start to recognize as you get inside and look at the walls. And the <clears throat> vaulted ceilings are seem like the only surface that is not covered with enormous resplendent. Hanging vines and flowers. The estate is the gardens. Right. This is lovely. I was hoping that we could do this outdoors and not literally where everybody is. Okay. And you start seeing some people move around and uh, they seem to be in like engaged in really happy conversation. And that's it. It's full of people. Everyone just don't be weird. Yeah. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm looking for like Aeon Priest signs, like signs mm. pointing chapel this way or something. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, um in, go ahead. Just something, just because it seems a little bit weird. Uh, um, Blaze has made a point of his life to not put foreign things into his body. Mm, yeah. Is there, can he, can I get a difficulty for detecting if there's like drugs or some kind of euphoric gas or something in the atmosphere? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Pretty, yeah. pretty guarded. Seems, oh my God, am I being poisoned? Well, it, it just yeah. seems, everybody seems way too happy. Yeah, sense. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand the reason why you're asking the question yeah. and it is totally a valid question to ask. So, let me see. Do how do I do this? I just want to see element this. Let's. Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, it would be an intellect task to recognize the sense. Um, it would be difficulty four. And you have an asset if for some reason you've lived in a jungle. Or you have some skills and stuff you can apply, right? There's all kinds of ways you can represent some making it easier, but <clears throat> and I really could I go to shop. Yeah. Difficulty four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember it's only a T and twelve. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, GM intrusion. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, um, no. You think oh, no. that... You are convinced. Yeah. 
I'm convinced mm-hmm. that yep. there's a you euphoric are, acid you lamp. Are, you are certain that uh, some of these pleasant odors uh, have mind-affecting properties. That's that why everybody's more laughing susceptible all the time. to influence. Yep. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. why people yeah, are laughing all the time down below because they're all high. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that. That's a reasonable conclusion. Do you okay. verbalize this? Um, are you just going to try to hold your breath this whole time? <laughs> is that going to be a my task? <laughs> be a task worthy worthy of someone testing themselves against adversity <laughs> he is uh and that's kind of the view he would take like oh well this is my temple and nothing will get past these doors hell yeah um, but he's definitely like adjusts his stance a little bit to be a little bit more you know i'm weathering something sort of in his mood um Faye's probably seen this before yeah <laughs> Something is set plays off. You're not really sure what, but he's on the defensive. Mm-hmm. We'll come. We'll come back around to that because Faye's going to keep an eye on Blaze, uh, and like Vet and Ruben, we're going to look for the Aeon Priest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you're in what is uh, you'll recognize as more of a vestibule because people are walking back and forth, um, and as you walk closer to the center, you see um, off to either direction are um, much larger rooms, walls that are taller, also covered, towering walls are covered in vines. You see flowers everywhere. Um, There are more people in those rooms. Um, You do see what looks like kind of like an orientation desk. There's no like sign above it, but you get the impression that this is somebody just like sitting there looking around pleasant, perhaps available to answer questions. And they're, they're on either side. You can choose whichever way, left or right. It's entirely up to you. I'd probably go to the right. And just, yeah, what happened? Mm-hmm. Hi. Um, we were hoping to speak with an Aeon priest. We were told that this would be the place to look. Before they respond, or as they respond, they like lean to you. It's like kind of like a seated bow, and they say, um, "I greet you on this day of conjunction." And also you. We were seeking more information on the conjunction. We're told mm-hmm. the priests could tell us. Ah, I believe uh, one of the resident priests would give you information there and they um, pull up a date like it looks like a data pad or something like that some kind of you know Numenera device and like swipe through it and they say there is actually a talk starting soon and they say have you been to the estates before? This is my first time here. Oh. You're... It's lovely. Hakon provides Oh, we see. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Blazing <laughs> fair going. Oh. <laughs> I was hoping that's how you'd respond. <laughs> so um, they say, hey, Con provides, right? Almost like a, it is an aphorism that people say. Um, and uh, they say, <clears throat> you're all welcome to attend um, 
that talk if you so choose. If um, you proceed um, down this corridor further, uh, through, um, through, and then they say through, through the uh, chamber of rivers. Uh, slightly past it is a small room inside of which um, a priest will be giving the talk. Yeah. Thank you. Is this well, delivered? I'm I'm getting big um, Judy from Avatar vibes from this person. Oh, hmm. We can is go that, with that. Totally. Is that accurate? Like, is it meant to be creepy? Fine, yeah. Or is no? It... It's it's not okay. it's not meant to be creepy at all. Just okay. like the the people in Jack's Haven, not meant to be creepy. Part of that, like you these know. Are, these are questions you have to ask because the inherent paranoia of tabletop yep. playing <laughs> is that if someone is talking to you. Yeah, I don't know. They seem it very a, it like was a challenge of some sort. Yes. Yeah. Like makes these sense. are just very yeah. into their customer service job. They really like Haycon. Serene. It's giving a little people. culty, but like not in a bad way. <laughs> a lot of culty. Well yeah, if I can emphasize <laughs> something, right? We we all we all respond to these things differently, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is not intentionally shown to you all as players or characters to communicate that they have some type of creepy right. aesthetic, right? And then about the Hacon provides, also, this is a person who sits, it seems like, their job is just to sit in an incredibly beautiful place and smell flowers all day and tell people to enjoy it. You don't know what's going on with them. Who knows, right? Like, right into Blaze's paranoia. <laughs> yeah, that's right, exactly. Okay, well, yeah, I would turn to the two of you back there and just like, yeah. Just past the room of rivers, which <laughs> when she says that, Ben's face just lights up because that sounds really neat. <laughs> yeah, he just photographs of rivers. <laughs> like all this is gray, then pictures. Um, just to like satisfy their curiosity, I think Reuven yeah. would be trying to understand how the gardens work, whether there's. Numenera going on, or just like yeah. actually really good gardening techniques to yeah, keep all absolutely. these different plants and stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I can make a roll for that, or that would it's just difficulty be... five to know what's happening um, sure. with the gardens and how they function. But you have tons of things that can help with that. So yeah, well, Chris I is... have no doubt that you're gonna you're gonna figure it out. Well, Chris is rolling that. Faye kind of looks over at at, <laughs> at Blaze and noticing the. The tenseness and going, are you holding your breath? Um, and, and Blaze sort of says, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's obvious that he's definitely controlling his breath. Right. Yep. Take quick shallow breaths and trying not to talk because that uses too much air. You can do that without challenge. Dang. Ten. Only needed yeah. six. Only needed a six. Yeah. Is it okay if I interrupt that exchange? Yeah, exactly. No, this is perfect. Yep. Great. Uh, so Reuven looks up and again, experienced, knowledgeable, and priest. Also, um, Reuven is rugged and so knows how plants and animals work. Yep. So uh, looks up and briefly scrutinizes. I'd imagine with like the care that Reuven has exhibited many times before, um, and uh, recognizes that. Um, there is a combination of Numenera and good gardening. The first thing is that 
the vines were and the flowers and however they're on a trellis were planted carefully to make sure that they're not interfering with each other. And that also there is some Numenera device that is stimulating their growth and ensuring that they have proper water and nutrients. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Seems about what he would have, about what they would have guessed. Yeah. Makes sense. Like if you were going to do this, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Are any of the plants growing in the ground? No, they're all hanging. That's what I was wondering, because we are in... The dirt is still the dirt of the desert. Yes, that's right. Outside. You don't see any dirt on the inside? I mean, like, maybe a little bit, but the the the, the floors seem clean. Not like Cereo dust-repelling clean, but you don't see any boot prints or anything like that all over the place. And okay. the, the walls are completely covered with them, so they get close to the floor, but nothing is sprouting from the floor. I think Faye's not quite freaked out enough to not move forward into the chamber, mm. the the Hall of Rivers. Uh, yeah, the, the room of rivers meeting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. That is that is one hundred percent what Faye, uh, Faye and Blaze are now like peas in a pod. We're like this place got creepy vibes. We're not okay with this anymore, but we're gonna we're gonna investigate because we need to figure out what's up with this Aeon priest and this yeah. conjunction. We need to find mm-hmm. a priest that you're giving a talk on the conjunction right away. Wonderful. Um, Blaze will stop for a moment and do a couple of mudras and his tattoos light up. Oh, cool. Some kids point at you in, in, in delight and their parents look and they look like they really want to let them, but then they like try and deter the kids from like... And Blaze looks at the kids like really sad. <laughs> <laughs> Their parents are letting them be affected by this. Uh, <laughs> low key, low key place. <laughs> oh, not sad that they turned away from you. Sad that they're being affected by the mind control. Yeah, that they've been brought here to <laughs> poison. Yeah, brainwashed. Yep. Yeah, like all those yeah. poor kids. They don't even know. <laughs> oh no boy, idea. I know. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just like just that. Uh, Trying to assess if you look threatening. Right, no, that, that's, I feel like yeah. that's bad. Yeah, because that's literally phase phase next comment is we are not about to fight the Aeon Priest. Mm. Remember the Aeon Priests. We like the Aeon Priests. Yeah, that's right. The Aeon Priest doesn't necessarily work for creepy Hakon. They do their own thing he's with the Amber Tower. He's, he's just a guy with an arm. All right. You um, don't know so anything else about him other than he does capitalism. <laughs> That's exactly Is it right. Not <laughs> I mean, for me, ninth. yes, but not for Reuben. <laughs> it's ninth world. Also, you don't know that there's capitalism happening. <laughs> it could just be commerce. It could just be. It also could part. just be theft. It's the big so, pocket Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> so, based on um, Faye's comments, Blaze will just look for a moment, and then the tattoos shut down. Hmm. Thank you. Also, stop holding that, your right? breath. Yeah, I can smell it. They're flowers. They smell nice. It's not just flowers. <laughs> this this cool whispered conversation as we follow. <laughs> it's so good. And Blaze isn't going to be subtle, so his whispers are pretty loud. Right, yeah. It's not just flowers. <laughs> I love this. I really do. Uh, it's Perry, so good. 
Harry does I have mean, a good can point. I... Go ahead. <clears throat> I mean, now that you're saying that, I want to try to see what I can think. Yeah, okay. I have a training in assessing danger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, totally. Um, difficulty for assessing whether or not there's danger associated with this. Um, it is difficulty two to determine if there's danger. So it's a one. Because I'm trying to that. Yeah, mm-hmm, that makes it a one. It's an in task? Yep. Right. You don't perceive any danger. I think they're just flowers. Just, just, just let them... Okay. I mean, if it it makes you feel better to do your glowing, sure. Just try not to look, um, try not to look like you're ready to fight someone. You are always ready to fight someone, Blaze. You don't need to look like you're ready to fight someone. You don't need them (laughs) to know you're ready to fight them. Not ready to fight. I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to to a lecture. Okay. I have a context to understand that. <laughs> Somebody's going to tell us about stuff. So, so as Perry uh, said, yes, we are here for the conjunction junction, please. Oh, yes. Glossra. And you. <laughs> <laughs> What's your function? Yes, that is exactly what we want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, you're proceeding through the Room of Rivers. Uh, the Room of Rivers is, uh, well, when you go into it, it um, widens out into a sphere. And um, that seems sonically isolated. This is not. Um, like the ellipse, elliptical room you were in in uh, the Margar's Rest. Um, it just seems like you can hear sounds from wherever you are inside, but you're isolated in sound. Any sounds from the outside don't come in to disturb you, and you can hear the rushing of rivers that are moving um, underneath you and above you. So it seems like you pass this wall, and the wall is... Um, it looks like a big segment of the estate, as though these are like the estate walls. That, And w- when you pass it, you notice it's not covered in the vines immediately. Like you see a section of it when you're crossing this threshold. And you notice that the walls look like they're made of different um, metamorphic rock strata. So if you've ever seen like the separation that happens over time, right? Different, A lot of sedimentation, or I should say metamorphic necessary sedimentary strata in a rock, right? Have you seen geological strata, like when they're estimating the age and stuff like that, and this piles up, right? It's multicolored sedimentary strata. It looks like this stone or whatever is made from is compressed material that way. So so you pass by that, and you go into this room. goes in a a little walkway. It's a big globe inside of which seems sonically isolated. And uh, it is completely translucent. And beneath you, there are different rushing rivers. 
and there are rivers above you, and there are rivers off to the side. It seems like you are surrounded completely by various rushing rivers, and the sound is all-encompassing. However, it's not so loud that you can't talk to each other. It's just you can't hear anything on the outside. The only other sound you hear, the only ambient noise, is the variegated sound of different rivers moving below, above, and around you. I'm just going to turn to Reuven and say, are these real? Are these... Let's just, like, reach over the railing and try to touch one. Blaze is mm. very interested to hear Reuven's answer. Is it actually water? So I'm trying to figure out, are these, like, fancy holograms? Are they? We're inside a globe, so you can't can't touch past, like, glass. Oh, it's but... outside the glass, okay. Yes, it's I thought they were the like glass. running beside us on the walkway. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. So, Reuven. But you can't see them. It looks like moving water. Yeah. Is it? What? Why would it not be? It's a oven. Rivers don't go above. Okay. But things could be pumped. Okay, yes, honestly, a bit freaked out by the room of rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do need to make it to the talk, so I'm just going to sort of tamp that down and I'll admit it's very neat, but I think it's just set dressing for whatever the next part is. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's my favorite. It inspires uh, awe in you before you go to the uh, priest. Yep. Whether it is a strange natural phenomenon that they have preserved and made viewable, or it is something they have created. It serves the same function. Okay, well, well, I am trying not to linger in this room very much. Yeah. You can always come back. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a public place. Oh, what sort of timeshare are we being sold? <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, I'm definitely like trying to sit in the back row. In, you said in the what? Sorry. Like sitting in in the back row, coming in the into this talk way. as it's about to start. I don't want to like make a scene. We sure. sneak in. It. All right, fair enough. Yeah. So, so you get in there. Um, it looks like there's you know probably a. A minute or two because until it's going to begin there's a chronometer on the wall um and you were told when the talk is going to start so um you haven't gotten there late right but you also haven't gotten there super early you can sit at the back if you like it's totally cool 
Um, you're inside of, uh, it looks like a, an amphitheater in range inside of a room. So it's not really an amphitheater. It's a theater, right? I just mean that um, there is a small pit below that uh, and the, the benches rise, uh, slope gently upward from that pit. So instead of the people seated, the audience being lower than the speaker, the speaker is lower than the audience. Uh, and this room is not covered in hanging vines. However, there are vases with flowers likely, likely removed from the vines and the greenery elsewhere. Uh, it looks like there are a number of bookcases uh, behind glass or glass encased bookcases filled with books, actual paper books. Um, and there's some light source that's hard to find, locate, and identify that seems to be suffusing the room with warm sunlight. Because uh, Blaze is curious, are these books actually books, or are they just like technology made to look like books? Is Blaze asking that? Yeah, are they, are they approachable? Can you go and check one out? Because if they're oh, actual gotcha. books... He can respect that. Okay, so Craig, you're asking that. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, uh, you can get to the bookcases. Um, no one will stop you from getting to the bookcases. The front is covered in glass. And as far as you can tell, these are actual paper books. Please nod to the proof. <laughs> and there's one in each of the four, uh, let's say, corners of the room. But this is kind of rounded, right? You, you've noticed the architecture here isn't exactly in rectangles. So, yeah. There is a, um, it looks like an Aeon Priest there. Um, and uh, they are garbed in a kind of like cerulean. Reminds you of the color of the ocean, of ocean waves. Um, they are shorn, their head is shorn. They have uh, slightly feminine features, and uh, they are wearing an Aeon Priest medallion around their neck. And they're sitting uh, at the ba- at, at a bench at the back of the the pit, which isn't exactly a pit, you know, but in the context of an amphitheater, so. Sitting and watching. Mm-hmm. Cool, great. He's, a, so also, he's he'll be standing behind the last row of seats. Ooh, cool. Okay, sounds good. Uh, is Reuven displaying any of their iconography about having training in the young priest or anything like that? Yeah. Cool. I think it's um, like worked into their aesthetic, right? Yes, indeed. Um, then the Aeon Priest looks like, uh, last 30 seconds, they close their eyes a little bit. And, uh, then they smoothly rise from the bench. They turn to everybody in the crowd. Uh, and then they notice Reuben. And with, uh, slightly upturned mouth, they will bow politely. And then they'll take both hands and they'll place them on the medallion throat not again and then stand up and address the crowd 
and I'm going to say some things in character, but I'm not going to um, <laughs> give a uh, lecture, do a labored <laughs> lecture about the history of Zero's Conjecture. So don't worry about that. Right. So there'll be plenty of opportunity, opportunity to go immediately back into focus on the characters. Mm-hmm. Just show you what's going to be happening. Okay. For sure. So uh, this priest takes a deep breath, extends their hands and say and says, um, um, I greet you all on this day of conjunction. I am Borna, and I come with great joy and great knowledge. As some may know, and uh, kind of motions like somewhat obliquely towards Reuben, but not to call Reuben out or anything like that. Um, I am a member of uh, Treasured and Privileged uh, Faith. One charged with harvesting the secrets of the past so that we can uncover the fruits of our future. On this day of conjunction, I aim to tell you about the history of the town of Cereal and the reason for which it was named and for which we celebrate this day. So then uh, Borna holds up their hands and all of a sudden, a hologram appears above their head. Looks like if you've ever been to a planetarium, it looks like a planetarium. Um, and uh, so it looks like in kind of oblong depiction of the cosmos. Uh, and, and Borna closes their hands and says... All know this world is billions of years. Yeah, they would say billions of years old. Much has come before us. Then the image above the head, uh, above their head, um, uh, focuses in on what you believe to be Earth planets, and you see continental formations that don't look like we're familiar with but look reminiscent they look familiar though if any of you have seen a map or something like that it's it's likely possible at least one of you has seen some type of globe or a map especially reuven right like being access to technology stuff like that i wouldn't be surprised if Faye, even vet and blaze might have seen this kind of thing but you can tell it's your planet um says uh uh one of these, or one of one of those who that came before us, um, were pioneers in navigation of the cosmos. In their hubris, they also caused blemishes, and then um, they opened their hands and turned them out towards you. You see the view shift away from the planet and turn almost like you were in space, right? View out towards uh, a star formation. And um, hone in a little bit, and you see what looks like a binary star formation, if you know what that's like, right? Where two stars seem to be orbiting a single point. What first seemed like one, as you zoom in closer, it's two. Um, And in real time, it looks like one star gets brighter, and then 
it winks out. Does not go supernova. There's no explosion. All of a sudden, it's gone. And the other one that was, you know, in an opposed orbit with it has what looks like um, a slightly unstable elliptical orbit and then comes back in and is at that center point. And is no longer orbiting that central point, but it's spinning. Then the view comes back and Borna says, the town of Syrio once stood above the sands. No longer. Once witnessed that star, which is no longer in the night sky. Each year, once gained power from the firmament, no longer. All that is left to remind us of this fact is the name and the day. It is said there may yet linger connection intimacy between our world and that which is now lost some have come and hope to restore it none have succeeded and then the hologram goes away and uh, Borna says now this day of conjunction is one of celebration feasts plenty revelry is in Syria none need mine gardens are free for all yet we remember what was here once because as some have occasionally said perhaps it will make a fabled return And then they pause. And people come up and they start like asking questions and stuff like that, right? And there's plenty of time for you all to do that too, if you so desire. Do they know this good boy? <laughs> it's true. Ooh. Sitting next to Reuben with this collar on. Dog with the AM priest collar on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, did you ask a question? I might have mis misunderstood that. I said, do they notice? Oh, do they notice? Okay. Yeah. Um, you didn't see any distinct reaction from Borna. Other than, I mean, probably like a maybe the the collar right on the dog, but not a, a, a look of recognition. You didn't you didn't see that. Okay. Um, yeah. We like give some time to like other people that are there to ask their questions and things like that. Cool. Yeah. Kids ask questions. Somebody wants to see the light show again, right? Right. Borna, you know, and come back and graciously. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm um, trying to see if anyone else is asking when Syria went underground. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's a question I'm going to ask, but if someone else is already questioning it, then I'm just going to eavesdrop. Sure. Uh, somebody does ask that. Why, when was Serio above the sands, right? 
And Borna says, um, the time is uncertain. It, sorry, uncertain. Um, at least a hundred years before. Um, perhaps a thousand years before. And then they say, Serio went beneath the sands in the eighth world. So it's been a bit. Been a bit, yeah. Yeah, the hundred or a thousand is like a fi- figurative language for a lot of years. For a long right? time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I think we'll probably wait until the other people are mostly done. Mm-hmm. And then... You don't have to wait long, like 10, yeah. 15 minutes. Do you want to ask him, Reuven? Um, hello, greetings, salutations, proper computerized thoughts and... <laughs> um, greetings to you. Do you know this dog? You see Borna look down and there are um, almond-shaped eyes. I look back up at you with kind of a look of mirth and they say, perhaps. Have you been here long enough to have known Alcana? They take a deep breath, let it out, and say, I have been here 15 years. Guess that technically answered my question. (laughs) And they smirk at you. (laughs) Is that person not talked about here? And then they smirk at you again. It looks like a pointed smirk. So that is out of character. That is Borna. Yeah. Confirming your suspicion. I see. In their way. Mm-hmm. You seek to help this dog. What help do you seek to give it? It wants to find that person. I believe that to be a fool's errand. But consistent with the imagination of a dog. Blaze can't help with a big person. (laughs) But he says... Finally, someone. He says they are up. Up. Do you have any idea what that means? There is not up, but the firmament. And then with a hand, with like a, a, a an elegant hand, they say, and you notice for a second, actually, you're like actually interacting with Borna, right? Okay. They seem to take very good care of themselves or 
They just happen to have very refined features. You know, like you can never always tell. Right? Sure. Like somebody either is deliberate about maintaining themselves a certain way, or that's just an aspect of their their right. form, their their shape. Right. Uh, so, um, uh, so then Borna says, uh, "There are often tales among the lay of sky cities. Nothing to which." I lend credence. There is not up but the firm. Of course. Just internally doing a wink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> And they say, hmm. um, it looks like they're, they're going to relent a little bit. And then this is what they do. Um, they look at the symbol on, um, around good boy's neck and they look at Reuben and they say, those of my order come to this estate and come to Syria. There is a story told that one may cover that which was once lost so that Syria may rise once again above the sands. One came. One pursued this. They are no longer here. Where they are, I cannot say. Fable, Fable, chime up from the back. Cannot or will not. <laughs> and they hold up their hands and they say, if there are no other questions, I hope you enjoy the estate and Sirio's conjunction. And the day of conjunction, the day of conjunction. And then they look at you and they say, Hakon provides. And then they lower their eyes. Okay, that little dig kind of pushes Blaze over the edge. Uh, from the back <laughs> of the room, Bellazo, why is dust a capital punishment? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that question. That's fine. Borner looks at you and says, Do you mean to ask why are those? What, why, why, oh, yeah, yeah. Why are those who bring dust into Syria subjected to linning? Sure. Um, yeah, and Blaze is having trouble processing that, but just nods. <laughs> so, um, they say, I'm sure you heard that no dust may be brought into Syria. If you have, then perhaps you have experienced a dust receptacle. They did clean us? They removed dust. 
They remove skin. I like to think free skin. My question remains, why? Serio is a town of, as we have discussed, a storied history. Serio is also a town of excess at times. It was the only punishment that prevented people from trying to escape the dusting. Now all submit to the removal of dust because they do not wish to be lind. Right, but why? Why is dust so bad for Syrio, but the rest of the world can get along fine with it? What is it about Syrio that makes it such a terrible thing that you have to kill people if they are covered in it? Well, it looks at you a little confused for a second and then says... Oh, I believe I misunderstood you. You're questioning what motivates them to have this cultural custom. Yeah. Uh, Born in odds, and they say... They loathe it. It is... A lingering reminder of their toiling history without laughter where a foolish young miner could respond to a pondered joke and destroy the hearing of all those in their mining party. Where an accident with too much sound would lead to a cascade of conductive powder that would blind someone. Dust may be insignificant to many in other places, but in Syrio, dust is the most serious offense. I appreciate your concern for the possible severity of the punishment associated with it. However, it should be known that once the punishment was imposed, or no, 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 this is what Borner says. Borner says um, that very few have received the punishment since it was imposed. It is not done. Else. And they hold up their hands like, you know what's going to happen. Blaze just sort of glances at Faye to... Does that make sense? I mean, you give a wild repercussion and sure everybody goes along. And then you clean up an entire town real fast. And 
you know, it's a crazy punishment for to encourage a very easy behavior. It's not great what happened to Gus. Nope. But that was for most everybody not really a threat. Because you just got dusted off when you came in. I really want to find out that priest that we don't talk about, I guess, um, <laughs> uh, was doing with that dust and why they threw it at Gus to even cause this to actually be a thing. More questions for another Aeon priest. Or ex-priest? Heretic? What do we... Who's gone searching for a reaction once it looks like you have kind of got your questions answered um borna then looks at good boy and holds out a hand damn palm down and good boy trots up and places his nose under borna's hand and Borna looks at you all like, you better shut up. Don't you say anything. Nobody right? say a word about this. <laughs> like pets, pets, good boy, right? And good boy, like licks, licks their palm. And then nods at the dog um, and looks at you all and says, um, a gift on this day of conjunction. Although Hakon provides, I will provide something as well. Seek the Omphalos. And then they bow and says, yes, good day. the Omphalos. <laughs> I am fully just like looking at someone else to try to, I hope you know what that means. You heard me correctly, right, Chris? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay, cool. Great. That has never heard this word before in her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Read a book. I've uh, heard it in a different book. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So to catch everybody up, Omphalos as in like the center figure. As in the Greek thing. word for navel. Also that. Or in all likelihood, the generator, maybe, or something down below. Yeah. Yeah. The, it could be, the could center. be all kinds of things. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> It's magic, I love it. <laughs> magic. I'm just good... yelling at me this whole time. I think there's, this is probably actually a good pause and point yeah. then. Yeah, you want to pause here? Okay, cool. So we pause here. You you got the information from Borna, right? Seek the Ophelos. Hakon provides. People say that a lot, right? Um, uh, you can tell that Borna knew good boy somehow or was just being nice to good boy, right? Who knows, right? Um like new. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Borna has been here 15 years so right. I don't know but they they were quite reticent uh, so uh, but they weren't rude they were just very specific and um, you know that Sirio's conjunction the day of conjunction was associated with perhaps the town of Sirio um, conjuncting with some maybe celestial object 
Yeah, wasn't it uh, Syria when it was on the surface in conjunction with the star that isn't there anymore? Or something similar. Or something similar, yeah. yeah. What, what you saw is that there was a binary star system, and one winked out, did not explode, just disappeared. Got brighter and then disappeared. And uh, now, in place of that original, there is just one. And so when they zoomed out, it didn't... I mean, with a telescope, you'd be able to tell the difference in brightness and stuff like this, right? But to the naked eye, it doesn't look like there's a huge change. Because in a binary star system, sometimes you can't tell that always. Unless you have some astronomical instruments. Very curious. Yep, exactly. So, great. If that's where we're going to stop, that's totally cool with me. All right. Um, that's wonderful. You all entertain me so much. I love it. Uh, hilarious stuff. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. This is uh, Numenera, the cipher system, doing cool things in the ninth world. We got technology. We got magic. We got dogs. We got all kinds of silliness going on. Um, capital punishment for bringing dust into a city. That's, we got dogs. Uh, we got amp priests. We got dogs who are amp priests. <laughs> that's right. Thank exactly. You. We got an amp priest dog, y'all. Listen, out, of character, out of character. <laughs> the priest recognized him. Mm-hmm. But also didn't address yeah. it as Elkana. Yeah. I will point out. Please, as a <laughs> didn't say anything. Theory about that. I didn't say it was Elkana. I said it was Aeon Priest. That's true. That's right. Exactly. Um, so, um, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was to say, if you yeah. want to support us monetarily, that's staylucky.club. If you want to come join us oh, on Discord right. and talk about this, that's yeetinto.space. All those with www's, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, come join us. Come hang out. Talk about talking dogs or just your dog or your dog that won't stop talking like ashes. <laughs> <laughs> She's got opinions. Mm -hmm. She wants to be a part of this adventure. Bring her next time. Let's get a sixth mic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think I mean, any of us want that. <laughs> oh, Ash no. can just leave an open mic and it'll be the same effect. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can see. <laughs> She's very mad, right. but I am paying attention to something that isn't her. Mm -hmm. Poor mm. thing. So unloved. Yeah, the old lady. Uh, yeah. Well, with that said, all right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Any last words? See you next Bye. time. Bye. See you next time. Stay curious. <laughs>